the Chicago Bears showed that they're good enough to beat the Detroit Lions when they played just three weeks ago. Now for the rematch, you have the added element of the bye week and also the weather conditions coming back to Chicago. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this crossover Locked On Bears, Locked On Lions podcast. I'm Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears alongside Matt Deary from Locked On Lions. It is crossover Thursday and as always, Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com/lockedonnfl and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Matt, let's start with the big storylines just a few weeks away, a few weeks from having just done this before. Things haven't changed a lot for these two teams, I don't think, but I can't help but feel like for both teams entering this matchup, you look at what happened in the first game and want to do things differently for at least the majority of the game for the Lions and for the end of the game for the Bears. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say here in Detroit, the storyline is, you know, when they went into that Bears game a couple of weeks ago, they were off a very bad performance against the Chargers on defense, still won the game. And everybody thought, all right, Justin Fields and the Bears offense coming into town. No worries. They'll bounce back. And they didn't. Should have lost that game. I mean, the, the, the Bears handed the Lions that game. You know, Jalen Johnson dropping the pick six, that would have ended it. Uh, the kid that dropped the pass on the field's uh, bomb at the end of that game, he makes that catch, the game ends. Um, so I, the storyline for the Lions is they're in good shape. Still going to win this division at 9-3, and three, playing pretty good football. But that defense over the last four weeks has allowed 26 points or more in all four games. And now, and I know we'll talk about this in a little bit, Aline McNeil's out for four weeks, and that's their easily their best interior defensive lineman. So while things are good here in Detroit at 9-3, and three, there are some concerns, especially on defense. What's kind of happened there? It felt like early this season, like the Lions were feeling on top of the world at five and one or even six and two at that point going into the bye week. And I think they're still nine and three, right? The sky's not falling, but they felt a little bit more invincible. In the last few weeks, they felt a lot more vulnerable. What what changed? Yeah, they're just not they're just not playing all that well. They're not getting to the quarterback. I mean, two sacks over the last two games. Uh, you know, this past week they they got a couple on Derek Carr. Didn't get any on Jordan Love. Obviously, Justin Fields had a really good game against them a few weeks ago. They've just got to get back to, you know, somehow harassing the quarterback, having that edge, um, you know, and that attitude that Dan Campbell loves or being aggressive. I know they've tried blitzing. They've tried a lot of things. The defensive backs haven't played well really recently. I mean, last Sunday against New Orleans, Lauren, up 21-0, looking good. Put that team away. That's a bad football team. And yet it turned into a three-point game. The Lions had to hold on and survive at the end on a Jared Goff pass to Josh Reynolds to kind of ice the game up five. So that's kind of where it's at. Um, the injuries are starting to take their take its toll on defense, though, when you lose Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and, and now you lose uh, Emmanuel Mosley, and then Alex Anzalone didn't play last week, and now McNeil. I mean, that's kind of where it's at with the Lions. What about in Chicago? What's the storyline there? Coming into this game, it's like do everything you did in the last Lions game except for the final four minutes, right? Like, like just, <laughs> right. Just repeat the whole formula and don't blow it at the end. And like you should be good. It's just that's been easier said than done for this Bears team. Like that 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 performance 
I mean, even with the ending, it was one of the more like confidence instilling performances we've seen from the Bears all season. Like, yeah, they beat a bad Panthers team and they beat a bad Raiders team and they kind of beat up on the commanders who are looking kind of worse and worse. But like to do it against the first place Detroit Lions in that way with fields playing well and your defense playing, it's playing out of its mind like that, that game for up until the final four minutes was like the formula in Chicago working how it was supposed to for the first time, right? Like a lot of the pieces falling into place, not everything was perfect. They weren't running the ball super well with the running backs, but like, they, they, you know, there were flaws in that, but like for the most part, it was everything they wanted and more. And then you know, they just haven't been able to figure out how to win these games, how to finish those games and really do it all the way to the end of the fourth quarter last or their last game. They're coming off a bye week, but their last game against the Vikings they were back in that same situation, you know, trailing late in the fourth quarter with an opportunity to drive down and win the game. And they did. They got over the hump. It was a field goal, but a game winning field goal nonetheless. And like that was the first time we've seen at least this year. We've seen like fields and this team have their backs against the wall in this clutch situation and like show that they can finish one of these games with a win. So now it's about taking what they did against the Lions and then adding what they did against at the, at the end against the Vikings and putting that together to be a full four-quarter strong performance instead of, you know, they beat the Vikings with with no touchdowns. Like, they need the touchdowns and the strong finish. I was going to ask you about that because obviously we all watched that game on Monday night a couple of weeks ago. Ten to nine, here comes Fields, and you're like, all right, he's never at this level ever led them down the field to win the game. I mean, it just hasn't happened. He's had some good games where in the fourth quarter, especially week one, I remember the Green Bay game where he's throwing the ball to the other team. You think that's a big move for him, like a big step in terms of, all right, let him down the field, albeit it was a, a field goal that won it, but still, they won the game and he and he performed uh, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I think it's more a mental step than like a, a physical step in the sense that like, you know, if you can go back through a lot of the failed fourth quarter, you know, the, the moments where the Bears struggle in the fourth quarter and blow these games. And sure, sometimes it's on fields. You know, he's not immune from from responsibility there. But a lot of times, you know, it's like you mentioned the rookie wide receiver not catching that pass that was pretty well put up there for him to be able to catch. And there have been games, there were games last year where, you know, a receiver drops it on fourth and 10 and it's an incomplete pass. And so the Bears turn it over or, you know, or it's an offensive lineman gets beat. And that wasn't exactly the story for the, the end of the Lions game. But, you know, sometimes it's the lineman gets beat and Fields has, has pressure right in his face and there's nothing he can do about it. Like, and, and to me, like, what the Vikings game was less like, it was less about like proving to himself that he could do it, but more so like getting the pressure off where it's like, so it's not a, oh boy, here we go again, right? How how are we going to blow it this time? Just like that that mental hurdle of like, we keep blowing these in the fourth quarter. You finally got one out of your way. So now you can say like, now you can relax a little bit and not be thinking about, oh, how is it going to go wrong this time? What's going to go wrong here? What's going to go wrong there that they can trust? Like, okay, like we already knew we were capable of it. Like there wasn't a doubt, I think in his mind that he was capable of it. It was just like a now we've actually done it and we, we've we shown ourselves that we can do it. We know what that looks like and what that feels like so that when we're in that situation the next time, you got some a little bit more of a sturdier foundation to fall back on. I'm like, all right, guys, we've done this before successfully and not just that we've done this before and blown it every time. It's interesting because uh, I don't know how I feel about this because the Lions, obviously, they're like, they're done with the Packers yet. They haven't played the Vikings yet. They're playing two games against the Bears in what, three weeks, four weeks? And they've got two and three weeks with the Vikings. I don't know if I like that or not. Um, but right now, especially with this weather and how things are kind of forecasting for Sunday, I think this game is going to be interesting. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing how this one ends up stacking up. A lot of it, what it's going to come down to is the key matchups between both teams. We saw some of that play out in the first matchup, but now all of a sudden you got tape on how your guys go up against their guys and both teams are going to kind of adjust. So, so we'll look at 
how these two teams match up, who the most important players are, and then later on we'll share our keys to victory as we continue our Crossover Thursday Locked on Lions, Locked on Bears podcast. Our Crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs has all the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, myself included. I'm, I'm guessing Matt's probably on LinkedIn as well. And you listen to this podcast, also probably on LinkedIn. Most of us are on LinkedIn, so it makes it the best place to reach the best group of candidates. And hiring is easy when you have that wide of a pool. But then LinkedIn has tools that help you narrow down the candidates with just the right skills and experience that you want to interview and hire. Because LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to put into hiring, so their their process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, as we continue our crossover Thursday, Locked on Bears, Locked on Lions, Lauren Cox here with Matt Deary. Let's turn our attention to some of the matchups. We saw some of this play out the first time around, but it's a lot of the same players matching up, but it doesn't mean all those matchups are going to play out quite the same way. I don't know if I have confidence, for example, like DJ Moore going to have another seven catch 96 yard game. We'll see if the Lions maybe approach things a little bit differently there, but I'm looking for the Bears to focus in on their running game more away from Justin Fields, how they're going to match up with their backs and their offensive line against this Lions front seven. Because Detroit certainly loaded up the box and tried to do what they could to force Justin Fields to throw and to not let them rely on their backs, which have been kind of the the workhorse of their offense all season. And Fields, you know, end up keeping it a lot on those read option plays and just trying to make the end man miss on his own and create his own running game. But that didn't feel super sustainable long-term. It worked in that game, but really they got to get back to, you know, Khalil Herbert, uh, Roshan Johnson, maybe Dante Foreman, if he's healthy again, being able to carry that ground game, get you in shorter down and distance scenarios. So Fields doesn't have to be thrown on third and long to try and get things open downfield, make the offense and everything easier. And it starts with that running game, this Bears offense that certainly Detroit is going to be keen on stopping once again. Yeah. And like I said before, I mean, not having a Lee McNeil, Lauren there is going to really hurt the Lions. Um, I'd say after Jared Goff, the most important guy that they can't lose is McNeil. Wow. Uh, the interior of the defensive line for the Lions is not good. It's not. And, and McNeil's the one guy that you can count on. And he plays a ton of snaps last week against the saints kept coming out of the game, blood on his Jersey, kept going back in, but his knee finally just could not handle it anymore on that turf there in new Orleans. And now he's going to miss four weeks and rest this kind of sprained knee. So in his stead, we're talking Benito Jones, Quentin Bohanna, um, Levi owns who hasn't played Isaiah bugs. Who's a healthy scratch every week. Third round pick Broderick Martin, healthy scratch every week. And Ty, uh, Tyson Alu-Alu, who just got signed th- th- this week, uh, that he was, out of, he was out of football, was with the Steelers last year, and he's 36. So that's a big loss. And so if I'm the Bears, I'm thinking we are going to run. We're going to run straight ahead behind, behind our guys up front in the middle and uh, see if Jones, Bohanna, and others can handle it. So Lee McNeil was one guy that you identified in that Lions defense. Second on the on the team in sacks with five, and that's a that's a big one. So, you know, your matchup is is I, I agree with you. I think Fields on the outside, but if they can get that read option going where Herbert and the others are running up the middle, then that'll open up where 
Guys will start over committing to the middle of the field. Fields will keep one and run around the around the end for 10, 15 yards. And it could be it could be a long day for the Lions defense if that goes on. Yeah, that's what the Bears are going to try and get some more explosive plays going offensively. That was a big problem for them last week against the Vikings. Where are you looking for Detroit to try and do differently? Obviously, they're trying to stop the run just as well as they did last time. What, what are you looking for them to do differently matchup-wise? Well, for 59 minutes in that game, as you know, Lauren, uh, the Lions couldn't get to fields. And he was able to throw. He was able to run. Then, of course, end of the game, Lions take the lead. Here comes Aiden Hutchinson off that right end. Uh, and going right around Darnell Wright to force the sack and, and the safety. That's when I'll watch. You know, I'm interested in seeing where they put Hutch. Normally, he's across from the right tackle. This past Sunday against the Saints was the most I've seen him all year playing on the right side of the Lions defensive uh, line, left side of the uh, of the Saints offensive line. So Jones and Wright certainly have their hands full with Hutchinson. He's had a really good year. At least if you think of PFF terms, getting to the quarterback, sniffing the quarterback, only five and a half sacks. Um, I'll be interested in seeing how how Hutch does this week because obviously that last play still got to be in Darnell Wright's head mind a little bit because for the most part that rookie played pretty well against Hutchinson. But you know, end of game he he got toasted, and of course uh, Hutchinson got to Fields and forced the uh, safety. So I'll be watching that. I think that should be interesting. He's been the one guy that's been very consistent in terms of pressures, some quarterback hits, not exactly the, a lot of sacks, but enough that. Uh, he's the threat there. I'll be that'll be a fun matchup to watch. You you mentioned Ali McNeil. Uh, are there any other major injuries in Detroit that we should be keeping an eye on? The Bears are coming off a bye week and say pretty much we're as fully healthy as we could be. We're expecting pretty much everybody who's been hurt to be back at 100. percent Any any other question marks or, or you know p- potentially important players that are on the fence here for Detroit this week? Alex Anzalone, Lauren uh, missed last week with a hand and wrist injury. It's still wrapped up at practice, but I think he's going to play. He's easily their best linebacker. Um, Jack Campbell last week had the green dot and did a pretty nice job as a rookie. He was a top five performer on PFF uh, last week, so he did okay. But Anzalone's a guy, especially against that run, when you talked about you know, jamming it up the middle and seeing if the D tackles can, can handle it. The next line of defense there is Anzalone. He's been pretty good this year. Uh, I think he'll play, but he may have his hand kind of wrapped up a little bit. They said it was going to be a couple weeks a week ago, and yet from what I'm hearing, I think he'll be out there. But other than that, I think they're okay on the injury front. Um, you know, offensively, they're healthy. And it's just going to be a matter of, uh, in this game, how Jared Goff handles cold weather. I mentioned it on my Wednesday show on Locked on Lions about, you know, seven interceptions, seven touchdowns in his last 11 games with the weather below 40 degrees. Wow. Uh, he won a game last year in Green Bay in Week 18, as you know. Outdueling Aaron Rodgers wasn't his greatest statistical performance. But uh, we'll see how he does in, in this weather and, and if the winds play a factor uh, uh, at Soldier Field. I think those turnovers, were well, obviously they were a huge part of the last game, and I think they're going to be a huge part of deciding what happens in this one. We'll go through that and some of the other keys to victory in this upcoming matchup as we continue our Crossover Thursday, Locked on Bears, Locked on Lions. Our Crossover Thursday podcast is brought to you by one of our new sponsors, the Skylight picture frame. Their digital frames are super cool. You can just upload photos right from your phone or any device and it goes right on the right on the the frame. It's digital so you just you can email them in. You don't even have to use an app and right away they show up and then you can see them and show them in your house. Like to me this is what hanging pictures in your house is all about in 2023. They've got 
thousands of great reviews online, and they're so confident that you'll love your Skylight Frame that they offer free 120-day returns. They're super cool. Why don't you check one out for yourself? If you get one, if you go on order now as a special, we got a limited time offer for Locked On Bears and Locked On Lions listeners. Get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. That's $15 off a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash locked on. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T frame.com slash locked on. Lauren Cox and Matt Deary wrapping up our crossover Thursday. Locked on Bears, locked on Lions for you here. As we get into some of the big keys of the game, Matt, you started talking about Jared Goff and the weather, and that's a big one for me too. And I, I did want to ask you about Goff in this too, that, you know, against the Bears, three interceptions two weeks ago, then, Horrible. or I guess three yeah. weeks ago, and then against the Packers the following week, no interceptions, but three fumbles in that game, but seemed to kind of get the turnovers back on track in their last game against the Chargers, or no, excuse me, against the Saints. Sorry, mixing Saints, my teams yep. up here. Uh, so problem, or I guess, is are the worries averted there, or does the cold weather sort of reinvigorate those concerns? I don't know. I, I don't, I I think he played better against the Saints and uh, really helped them win the game. Like I said, up five, uh, third down, they didn't just run it and punt and hold on. Golf stood up in the pocket, threw a nice ball to Josh Reynolds, and they won the game. They took two knees and that was it. It seemed like he had it back a good rhythm going again against the saints. What was interesting about this past week was you look up, you go, all right, the Lions scored 33 points. St. Brown really didn't do much. He had one touchdown, but just two catches. Sam Laporta was the guy that was really the, 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 the bell cow in the passing game. I think he'll be important in this game because again, if it's windy, snowy, we're not going to be looking to throw the ball downfield a lot. That'll be the Sam Laporta checkdowns. You know, they've got a really good connection. So I'm good with golf. I, look, he had a bad stretch for sure. Bears game, Packers game, the six turnovers in two games. None this past week. I think he'll be fine. Uh, I think he would love to shut up the doubters that say, oh, in cold weather, he's, you know, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. I, th- I think that this will be a good week, especially with play action. You know, David Montgomery coming back to Soldier Field is going to really want to show out too. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not. I was glad to see him bounce back this week, and I think he'll be all right this week too. On the other side of that, like the turnover battle is going to be so big with with Justin Fields as well, where since he's returned from injury, he has yet to throw an interception, had a couple of fumbles last week against the Vikings, but like generally the ball security has been good. Certainly the decision-making with the ball has been very good, and in the pocket ball security is still sometimes a question, but sometimes it's just a volume thing when you know he's he's hit as many times as he is and runs around as much as he does, like eventually one of those hits is going to pop the ball out. It just is sort of the, the, you know, the nature of the beast there when everyone's trying to get the ball out of your hands when you carry it a bunch. But if he can continue to take care of the ball and the offense doesn't give Goff and the Lions extra opportunities with the ball, and maybe the Bears defense can get an extra opportunity for their offense on the other side. Like that was the formula the first time against the Lions. And that's what it felt like it needed. Like it felt like it would take that to beat the Lions, right? If, if Jared Goff doesn't turn the ball over at all in that game, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure that the Bears have nearly the commanding lead and performance that it ultimately felt like in that game. And so if, if Goff is able to take a little better care of the ball and not have some of his cold weather pass come in there, and if Fields puts one yeah. up for grabs or gets a tip pass or whatever it is and turns it over, like that to me is what can swing the game so drastically from what we saw just in the previous matchup to what we're seeing now. It seems like, Lauren, you tell me the Bears defense the last few weeks has gotten better. I, I know you and I talked in the crossover a couple of weeks ago about, man, they're a top three run defense team. Is, is, you know, obviously the Vikings, they, 
They bothered the heck out of Dobbs, uh, 12 to 10, but that's still good. It seems like the defense is coming around. If Johnson can just catch those interceptions, he'd probably have like eight or nine in the year, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's caught a few, but he's dropped two pick sixes. Like he's dropped the worst ones. In multiple games, he's had like pick six in his hands. Can't hold on to that one, but makes the more difficult ones. But yeah, yeah, the Bears defense is definitely settling in and rounding into form. And, and it's it's a combination of, you know, guys all getting used to each other and getting used to this defense when you had, you know, new linebackers brought in and new defensive linemen and, you know, a couple other younger players in the secondary getting brought up. And then rookies at one of the cornerback spots settling in more. Guys are getting more comfortable. And then the addition of a guy like Montez Sweat and Unique Ngakwe on the defensive line. Like once the pass rush starts to get better, quarterbacks have to get rid of it a little bit quickly, a little bit more quickly. Guys in coverage don't have to cover for as long. And it kind of has this symbiotic ripple effect where once once your big weakness starts getting better, it makes everybody else's job a little bit easier. And I still don't think the pass rush is is great, but it's become good enough to where they don't have to blitz out of necessity, but they can get a little bit more creative in terms of, you know, blitzing when they want to and to try and fool opposing quarterbacks. I think that's some of what we started to see with Goff, not as much from a blitzing standpoint, but from a coverage standpoint as well. Like Matt Eberflus, the head coach, said like this week that, yeah, now we can do a lot more like coverage disguising and be more creative in our coverage calls. Whereas like early in the season, we had to stick to a lot more like base cover two type stuff. And now they feel like now that all the younger players are kind of settling in and everybody's been around for a while now and the pass rush is better. Okay, let's let's trick let's mix things up a little bit more and not make it as as clean for the quarterback of a read on the other end. And that that started started building up more and more like over the last handful of weeks. And now fresh off of a bye week, you wonder what, what they might have up their sleeve or what kind of adjustments they might make. Cause they, they tend to be pretty in the, in the short Matt Eberflus era, they've tended to be really strong after a bye week or after a Thursday night football game, when they have like a you know, an extended mini bye week to prepare, they've done well with those opportunities. Keys for me, uh, Lauren. I mean, the Lions have got to stop the run. I'm concerned about the McNeil thing. We've, we've touched on that turnovers. Lions didn't turn it over this past week against the saints. Saints obviously had the the interception from Brian Branch uh, off a tip pass, and then that the the, the uh, Derek Carr uh, lost fumble when the guard hit him coming out. So lines win the turnover battle. I think they win. Certainly, if it gets to the point where it's windy and oh my gosh, the ball, you know, Jared Goff finding St. Brown and Laporta for those safe five, six, seven yard chunks. Then you mix in Montgomery and Gibbs in that ground game. As long as they can stop the run. I like the Lions' chances, but, you know, I was much more confident at Ford Field than I am now going into this game. What about some keys for you guys? I feel similarly confidence-wise. Where I was much less confident going into Ford Field, but bringing in a little bit more confidence now, having seen how these two teams match up earlier. I, I agree that, I mean, the turnover battle is always important, but I feel like when the margin of error is as small as it is for this Chicago Bears offense, it becomes that much more important. Like, it's different when you have Patrick Mahomes and, you know, you can overcome losing the turnover battle here and there because you got a, you know, a quarterback that can just do incredible things at all times. But, yeah, it's about it's about not putting Justin Fields in these positions where he has to be the hero all the time. It's running the ball. It's taking what the defense gives you. It's being ahead of the sticks, not being in long down and distances and being able to then be multiple as an offense. And, you know, if the offensive line can protect him as well as they did in the first Lions matchup where, you know, like you like you were saying, they didn't really get to him until the very end of the game. Like that goes such a long way for this Bears team. They just have consistently struggled in recent weeks of like fully taking advantage of the opportunities that other teams have given them. Like when they get a turnover, getting touchdowns out of that and not field goals. Like that's, that's where I think the bears are looking to kind of take that step forward. It's like, okay, make the most out of these turnovers that the defense gives you. Or when the defense makes a big stop, do something a little bit extra with it. And I think that's where the bears are looking for in this game. The, the one, the one thing I'll say is that with, with the weather being a concern, 
you know, the like you said, the Lions have given up at least 26 points in the last four games. I I don't feel like the Bears are primed to score another. What did they have? I don't 30, either. 33 in the first one or whatever. This, or 26 in that game. And the Lions had 31. Like, to me, this is probably going to be a lower scoring game for both teams just because of the environment. I agree with that. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, you're looking at 30 degrees. I could see a scenario where this is a 20 to 17 final. I think the defense will play better. I still think they'll get gashed against the run a little bit with, with no McNeil. But, you know, if they can hold them to field goals like the Vikings did, I mean, the Bears win a game without any, any touchdowns at all. Couldn't hear Jeff Joniak do our uh, touchdown Bears. I love that. But I think that uh, <laughs> I do see a 20 to 17 game. I see a close game. I see a low scoring game um, with, with the weather as a factor and just where both teams are right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Something similar like that. I'll, I'll, I'll just to be just to give it a weird score. I'll go 19, 13 bears but right. it's going to be one of those ugly lots of field goals maybe a missed extra point or a two-point attempt thing but it, the rare time that I, I i actually feel like the bears can beat a team that's a lot better than them i all think right. it's the first time all season that i've i've felt this way but just because we've seen it that's where i end up feeling a little bit more but confident for the first time all year in this bears team you brought up an interesting thing about eberflus it's only been two years but eberflus off a bye interesting and like you said, I mean, the Bears are healthy coming off of, like you said, the, the bye week helps. There's no question about it. The Lions um, were refreshed after the bye, especially the offense against the Chargers. The Lions felt really good about how they felt refreshed going to the Saints game last week because they had played three games in 11 days and had extra rest after the Packer loss. So there's something to be said for that, especially this late in the year. I'm not scoffing at you picking the Bears. I, I, I don't have a ton of respect for the Bears. I make fun of the Bears a lot on my show, but... I, I do think they're playing better football right now. They are, and they should have beaten the Lions the first time. So this, this, this is more of an intriguing game than I thought it would be a few weeks ago. It, it would be the first time Matt Eberflus wins back-to-back games in his Bears career. So it's a bold prediction <laughs> for well, that for that alone. He finally, he finally won a division game. You're, Lauren Cox is saying, let's make it another one. <laughs> All right. Well, looking forward to seeing how it plays out. Matt, appreciate you joining us for the crossover Thursday, as always. Make sure you tune in to tomorrow's Locked on Lions or Locked on Bears to keep up with all of your daily coverage of your favorite NFC North team here on the Crossover Thursday podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We will talk to you again tomorrow.